0: Welcome everybody. We're going to jump into the message. I want to start out with a question. All right, y'all gather in a little bit. How many people, how many people are good at keeping a secret? One, two, three. Some, some people are like half and half. Yeah, yeah. Some people pointing to somebody else. Somebody's pointing to somebody else. over here. Going, How many people are really good, come on now, at keeping a secret? Got a few here. I got a few here. Well, I got to tell you a little something today. Y'all right? Y'all ready, everybody? It ain't no secret what I'm going to tell you. <laughs> People think many times that, that the gospel or their faith is a secret, man. You think, well, I don't want to get out. Are you a believer? Yeah, I'm going to Man, scream it from the housetops. So as much as we talk about different things, I, I thought, man, isn't it amazing and we go through life. And, and think about people that you meet or you talk to them. I've, I've talked to people yesterday and, and throughout the week, you know, and, and ask them about their faith. And, and I don't believe you've got to be in somebody's face about it. I don't believe you've got to beat them with the Bible. But the Bible tells us to always give account of what we believe. How many people will be quick to say, yeah, I'm a believer in Christ? How many people say, yeah, I believe Jesus Christ is, a, is my Lord and Savior? And be able to give a, a, a little testimony, if, if, if so be You know, but I tell you, as we look back through different times in our life, there's probably times that we probably were a little silent, haven't we been? You ever look back and go, man, I should have said something there man, I should have prayed. I should have done it. But you know, God is so good and full of grace that he gives us more opportunities. And I'm I'm trusting that God's going to set some opportunities before us today, but we should be screaming it from the, the, the rooftops. And so I want to talk a little bit about today. I call this chain reaction. And I like when Tanya prayed for it, She was she was right in there because you're going to give off some type of chain reaction, whether it's good or bad. Right. How many, how many shovel lips, you know, uh, sour lips. Does it take to start spoiling the whole whole uh, work group? Huh? Use about one, right? You know, I mean, I know people if they hit the lottery, they'd be mad because they had to count it. You know, I mean, oh man, now I gotta count the money. Well, you know, it's it's funny, but you know, when we think about when you wake up, are you really grateful? We're going into Thanksgiving. It's more than pilgrims and turkeys, right? I mean, I'm thinking about, I am thankful for having the opportunity to have an amazing church thing. I'm, I'm, I'm happy that we can do what we do. Man, that God wakes us up, that I can see, that I can walk, that I can talk and, and do different things, man. But I want to read a little something here. And this is actually what the definition of chain reaction means. Check this out. The process in which the products themselves promote or spread the reaction, which under certain conditions may accelerate dramatically. The process... In which the products themselves, we should be a product of Christ, right? And what does it go from there? It goes on and says, should promote or spread the reaction. What reaction do you want people to have about Christ? I want them to receive him. I want them to be joyous. I want them to know Jesus. I want them to know that they don't have to go to hell. I had a conversation just this week, and I talked to a guy, and he said, Man, I see that you're, you're really involved in your faith and and things like that. And, you know, that's a good starting point, you know. See, my faith is is, is really a relationship with Jesus Christ. And the guy told me, he said that, that he had been to church many, many times and and, and uh, kind of fallen away from that, you know. And I said, well, and he said this to me, and I thought it was interesting. And I love talking to folks. I don't, I don't beat them up. I just have the conversation because I believe God is putting us in places to have those conversations. And this guy sought me out. We were just talking. He says, you know, I've been to church a lot, but I've never professed Christ as my Lord and Savior. And I said, what's stopping you? Now, I wasn't being rude. I just said, hey, man, well, what would stop you from doing that? I thought that was kind of interesting that he would bring that to the, to the table and say that and then come back. And, and you know, uh, he, he said a little humming and a and this and that and all that. I, and I said, he said, but this is what my takeaway was from this. And I'm not coming down on the guy. We had a great conversation and I planted, planted some seeds and, and he encouraged me and I tried to encourage him. Great guy. And I said, you know, um. What would stop you from doing that? And his answer was, I guess I'm just comfortable. I guess I'm just comfortable being on the fence. And I said, You know what? I used to feel like that, but guess what I found out? The devil owns the fence, buddy. See, the devil owned the fence, so you just stay on that fence being comfortable. Jesus didn't come so we could be comfortable. Jesus came so we could be rescued and redeemed and sent into the family and then used to create a chain reaction for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. So I don't know about you. But you guys know I love my little my little uh, egg timer. What do you call it? The sand thing? Hourglass. I'm glad you all are here with me. <laughs> but, man, I tell you, you know, I think about that all the time. How much time did I waste yesterday? How much time have I wasted in my life? But how much time will I utilize today to share the gospel with somebody in some way form or fashion. And this is what I love. If you got your Bibles with you today, we're going to be in John uh, chapter one. We're going to be primarily in 35 through 51. I got most of the stuff up here. And like I like to say, we're going to do a preaching and a teaching. But I believe that today, you know, we're talking about promoting and spreading a reaction. I'm claiming that our reaction would be the gospel of Jesus Christ, that people will understand and receive the death of burial and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ and grab hold of that by faith, amen? That's why we do what we do. You know, we come in and we praise the Lord and we want, uh, you know, the people to, to, to have a, a great opportunity here to hear the word of God, but we want it to transform their lives, right? So, so think about that person. Just close your eyes for one minute. It might be many people and maybe it's one person. Think about that one person in your life that God put in your life to point you to Jesus. Maybe it was several. Maybe it was that one, that last piece of the chain that somebody came. Maybe think about that. Now, open your eyes a little bit. What's keeping you from being that one person? What's keeping that, you from being that one person to point to Jesus? Man, are you on the fence? Are you comfortable? Let's get out of the comfort zone today. Amen. So I want to talk a little bit about John the Baptist. anybody ever heard of John the Baptist? I think you probably have. And we're going to share a little bit, and you can follow along here. I'm going to read. I'm going to kind of break this all out, and then we're going to kind of pull it out piece by piece, okay? So starting in verse 35, it says, this is my heading on my Bible, says, Jesus' public ministry, first Converse right? The next day, John was there again with two of his disciples. When he saw Jesus passing by, he said, look, the Lamb of God. When the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. Turning around, Jesus saw them and asked, what do you want? In other words, what are you seeking, okay? They said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come, he replied, and you will see. So they went and they saw where he was staying, and they spent the day with him. It was about four in the afternoon. Look at this, another point we're going to get to. Andrew and Simon, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard what John had said and who had followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and to tell him. We have found the Messiah, that is the Christ, and he brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, you are Simon, son of John. You are called Cephas, which is translated Peter. Let's keep on going here. Then the next day, Jesus decided to leave for a Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, follow me. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, were from the town of Bethesda. Philip found Nathaniel and told him. We had found the one that Moses wrote about in the law about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth. Can anything good come from Nazareth? Nathanael asked. See, that wasn't a real good town. It was probably kind of like Buckrow, maybe when I was growing up, but I love where I come from. You know, but people, they, they, they were thinking, you know, we stereotype things. Could anything good come from this part of town? Well, let me tell you, God is working this scene. Look at this. He said, come and see, said Philip. That's what I love. Look at this. We're going to unpack this here. He said, you will see greater things than that. Then he added, verily, true, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the son of man. Now, there is a lot of unpacking there. I did a lot of studying this week, and I pray that we got a chance to, to jump in there. But I want to read a little bit from, from some notes I took here. And I want to talk about John the Baptist a little bit. And the thing I, I love about John the Baptist is this. There's no getting around it. He was kind of a unique guy. He wasn't your average preacher guy. He was more like the country preacher type guy or maybe even a little bit heavier than that. You know what I mean when he goes out there? I mean, he wore odd clothes. He ate strange things, man. And he preached a message that was uncomfortable to people. See, he was saying, you got to turn from your sin and turn to the Lord. But see, we don't hear a lot of that these days, right? Comfort. It keeps ringing in my head from that conversation I had. And look at this, man. John was was all about, you know, he was unique, and it wasn't for his own sake, but he aimed to be obedient to please God. How often are we really seeking to be God pleasers instead of just being in the comfort zone? We like to be in the comfort zone. Let somebody else do it. But see, he had a specific role to play in the world. John had no power or no position in the Jewish political system he was the guy down the street. He's the guy out in the woods. He was out in the guy, the guy wearing the camel suit. You know? Think about that. He wasn't what they were expecting, yet God used him in an amazing way. He spoke with amazing authority and power. And I, I love this. I said, see, God doesn't guarantee us that life is safe and easy or comfortable when we serve Him. I think we miss that sometimes. Anybody been out of their comfort zone this week sharing their faith? You know? Maybe in the last six months, maybe this year. Sometimes it's a little uncomfortable, you know. When I was talking to this fellow, I won't say it was so much uncomfortable, but it was, it was. I don't know what the word is, um, disheartening a little bit. But, but in, the, in the midst of that, because I want everybody to know the Lord. And just because they don't agree with me, I don't think they're a bad person or anything else. I just want to have an opportunity to influence them with the love of Christ. Don't have to be right, wrong, and and where dinosaurs came from, and all these different things like that. I just want to tell you about Jesus, okay? And and, and then I often ask them, well, why do you believe what you believe? And usually they start stammering and stuttering and stuff. But, But if I was to ask you, why do you believe that Jesus is the Son of God? Well, I go to church. Well, okay, why do you believe that? Because I believe the Word is an inspired Word. The Bible is an inspired Word of God. I believe that the prophets have talked about this long before. I believe as I go through the the word of God and and, and look at that, it continues to just pour on the truth, pour on the truth, because it is the truth. And as I read that, Holy Spirit continues to convict my heart and say, he's the one. He's the one. And we're going to break that out a little bit today. But as we're talking about he's the one, I want you to think about this. Who is the one that God would ask you this week, this month, this year? I don't care if it's this year. One person, one person, man. Share your faith with them. And I believe there's a whole lot more that we can do, amen? But I'm gonna tell you this. I said, doing the desire of God, I can tell you this in my own life, and I believe you guys would agree with me. Doing what God desires of us is the greatest possible life investment. I don't care how much is in my bank account when I kick off. I don't care how many cars I have. I don't care, and I'm not preaching against stuff. But I wanna tell you what. What my desire is, is that you know what? That I've had the privilege and the opportunity to lead somebody to the Lord. You know? But I'm going to tell you what, I'm going to get a little greedy for Jesus, right? I don't want just one. I want everyone. How about you? I pray that even when my time comes, I pray that somebody jumps up and says, you know what, I don't know about what he did, this, he said this, but I know what he was about. He was about people that are in here by the sound of my voice knowing Jesus. Jesus. Stop it. If they don't do that, just go on. Wait, 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 wait now. Don't need to have all the pictures when I was thin. if you can find one. Whoo, might, might have to do some Photoshop. I don't need, it's, it's great, all the memories and all that, but I'm gonna tell you what, the, the circle of impact that we have, and I tell you, here it is. When, when we have the, I call it a privilege, when we do a, a celebration of life, when one of our brothers and sisters have gone home to be with the, the Lord while our hearts are heavy, we still have an obligation And an opportunity and a platform to share the good news. It's the hope. If you don't have much hope, man, you're not going to have much joy, are you? But I want to talk a little bit about today, about John the Baptist starting out here. And look how it, it just multiplies, right? How we have that chain reaction. Let's look at this a little bit. So the power of one. Look at this. Let's go back to our scripture. It says, all right. The next day, John was there again with two of his disciples. When he saw Jesus passing by, he said, look, the Lamb of God. Now, the Lamb of God would have really meant something to those folks. Because they knew, well, under the Leviticus law and what was going on, every morning and every evening, there was a lamb slain at the temple to cover the sins of the people. Let me tell you the good news that the Lamb of God doesn't just cover your sin. He annihilates your sin. He does away with your sin. It's a new and better covenant. Somebody say amen. So when we look at this, they were out and about doing God's business, seeking and finding what the Lord had placed before them. And and so God, we're walking, they're out and about, and this is what's going on. Now, just a little bit before this, John had just baptized Jesus. Jesus was obedient, right? Baptism doesn't save you. It wasn't because of his sin. It was out of obedience. And God revealed through the power of the Holy Spirit to John. He says the one that I descend upon down like a dove with my spirit. He's the one. So he knew the Lord had told him, God had told him, this is the one. The next day they see Jesus and he says it again. Hey, behold the Lamb of God. What happens next? Man, John, just turn it and point it. Sometimes it's just pointing. Pointing. All right, I'm giving us some tools. Look how how the multiplication and all this started happening through the Bible. Look at the chain reaction. Look at this. So he pointed. What happened? He was seeking and he was found. He said found a Messiah. He was being obedient. Then what? He pointed others to Jesus. And, and, And again, think about this. John the Baptist was not liked by the religious leaders. When he come back, he called him a bunch of vape, uh, vipers, right? But see, they knew something was different about John. They wanted to know who he was. It wasn't so much about his, his, his ministry as, as, or who, uh, what he was there to do. Who are you? Are, are you the Messiah? He said, no, I'm not the Messiah. But I'm the one in the wilderness pointing to him, amen? They'd send people out in the wilderness. Man, he was packing the house. Let's just break it down. He was packing the house. I mean, all over the place. People were coming out because, man. Who is this man that speaks with such authority? Who is this man that that, that is is telling us about the Savior? Who is this man preparing the way, preaching the word of God? See, the religious leaders were saying, do this, you're out. Do that, you're out. Don't you wish you was good as me? That's not real helpful, is it? That's what the law does. Let me tell you what grace does. God says, I love you. I've made a way for you. I've prepared the way for you. Hey, look, there's there's many rooms in my father's house. Look, grab hold of the grace that I'm giving you through the death, burial, and resurrection. I'm the Lamb of God. There was a sacrifice that had to be paid. God himself came and paid it through his son, Jesus Christ. The Lamb of God making sense now, right? Let's keep on rolling. But I want you to see how this multiplication starts going here. And so look at this. John was not the well-groomed, well-smelling, probably, Easy on your eyes guy. See, God uses a lot of the things in this world that we would never think that he would use to bring glory to himself and bring others to him. We know back in the scripture we talk about, we'll be talking about it more as we come into the holidays of celebrating the birth of Christ. Our Savior was, was born in a manger. Now, we, we, we make it kind of pretty at Christmas time and have that. When you start studying, and and I haven't had the opportunity to go there, but when I've seen people that study and go, and they they show you about where they think it was, it was skunky, man. It was rough. I imagine them saying, wow, how could this be? But I want to tell you in your life, in my life as well, and many of y'all sitting here have seen this in your life, it doesn't always look like you think it should when it comes around, right? The blessing, the opportunity, you know? but God is not just working through you he's working all things together for that new job for the house to sell for the school grades to be better for the good report for the doctor to get in place to do that surgery that nobody else says they will do you see all those different things I've heard testimony after testimony after testimony of folks who have been through things like that and we see wow look how God is working what else did John do John proclaimed that he was Jesus Are we proclaiming who Christ is in our walk? Or do we stay on the fence? Do we stay comfortable? Man, can you imagine? And I say this many times. I call it a privilege, although it's hard on your heart. I've had the privilege to sit with folks that maybe are are getting ready to cross over. And, And I pray most of them, I always try to give them opportunity, and many of them do know the Lord. And I pray that the other ones heard the message and grabbed hold of that before they left here. Because without him, we know what it is. It's eternity in hell. So that keeps me out of the comfort zone. That keeps me out of the comfort zone. I'm not going to sit on the sidelines and say, well, I'm good, but I don't know about you. That is not what God called us to do, is it? He called us to point. He called us to proclaim. But so many times, I've sat with people, and I've asked them, help me to help other people that are coming to this point. I've never had anybody say, man, buddy, please, just bring me my checkbook. Man, buddy, please, can you just, can you just bring me my trophies? Can you, can you bring me, can, can I take one more picture of, of all the things that are on my wall? I'm not saying that accomplishments are bad. But I'm going to tell you what, when you're down to your last breath and you know that this is it, you're seeing, like Paul said, that's just like rubbish. And we find out many times that we spend our whole life chasing those things that pay no eternal dividends. I like teasing people sometimes. They say, what do you do? I say, oh, I'm, a, I'm an investor. You are. You invest, What do you invest in? Oh, man, I said, man, I, I'm investing in a lot of stuff, man. Really, paying good dividends? I said, man, it pays eternal dividends. What do you mean? I said, I'm investing in people. I'm trying to pull the gold out of them. I'm trying them to see the goodness of God. And I'm trying to get the good Lord into them, share them, tell them about them. Ultimately, it's their choice. Ultimately, it's God drawing them through his spirit. But we can be the vessel to point and proclaim. Amen. That's what John was doing. I I bet you had a few bad hair days and he was still doing it. I bet you had, you know, bug Alamo. He was eating or whatever. And he was still doing it. See, a lot of times we go, well, I just can't, I just can't make it because, you know, I got a bad hair day. Oh, I, you know what? I tell you what, buddy's going to talk and talk and talk. We're going to be late for the buffet, all that, you know. But John didn't care. And guess what? People were coming out to track him down because he had the life-saving message of Christ, the same one you got, the power that's in you. Look at this. And John held nobody back. Look at this. This is the Lamb of God. And as we look through the scripture, he said, hey, he tells him, he said, go, man, let's go. Hey. They follow him right then. They didn't go, hey, man, let me see what's going on. I, I was thinking about this today and walking through some of my notes here. I believe it was probably interesting, and I don't want to get ahead of myself because I might need some help. I might need some volunteers on some of this. But I want to share a little something where I think maybe it might have been. But we, we cannot be comfortable in our walk. You say, well, isn't it about being comfortable? No, it's not. It's about being effective. It's about being used by God. It's about being able to use your time and your time. Don't hold nobody back. I don't want to be a stumbling block. I don't want to be a stumbling block, right? You know what? I have people ask me all the time different things. Hey, man, what about, do you like this? Do you like this? Do you eat this? Do you that? Do you drink this? That? Hey, God's not sending you to hell because you drink a beer. But I don't want to be a stumbling block. I get stupid enough. I don't need any help. Y'all supposed to laugh there, Right? <laughs> I do not need any help, man. I don't choose good if I'm drinking, all right? I, you know, and that's all right. I'm not coming down on that. I'm just talking about, I don't want to hold anybody back. I don't want to stumble, be a stumbling block. I don't want to say, well, you got to do it this way or you're out. I want to say, hey, man, let me tell you about my Jesus. Let me tell you, God to love you through all these things. You got a situation going on? Man, let me tell you, let's talk about how God can work in that. Let me tell you what he's done in my friend's life. Let me tell you what he's done in my life. Let's see what's going on here. Let me tell you, let's stand together, you know? I, and I continue to pray for, for our sister uh, in the Philippines about her foot because the day before when we heard that, I know some of y'all don't know the backstory, but our church family here, they something telling they're going to take that lady's foot off. And then it changed that we're trying to revive her, her foot. I'm claiming that Jesus can work through them doctors and restore that lady, amen? That's what I'm talking about. He's the one. So you know what? We want to point to Jesus. We want to proclaim the goodness, and we want the, the, the world to see that you know what, this is the truth of the gospel, amen? Everybody doing good? Say amen. So the next thing is this. The call of all. Now look, I'm gonna break this down. Starting in verse 40, Andrew Simon, Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard what John had said and who had followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and to tell him, we have found the Messiah, that is the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. man. Andrew went into action. I don't know about you guys, but I got to say, I got excited. I I didn't even know. How does it work? I didn't even know what was in the package, but I knew this. I'm still unfolding what's in the package of Jesus. Amen. But I knew this. I knew that Jesus Christ had died for my sin, and I knew that wholeheartedly that I asked him to come into my life and forgive me of my sin, and I put my faith and trust in the Lord Jesus, and I said, Lord, if you will use my life, I will use my life for you. Lord, if if you will take me the way I am, come and get me. And he's so faithful. Now, did I have sparks come out my fingers and my hair stand up? No, but I tell you what, something happened in my heart, man. It started churning. It started churning. I started having a desire to read the Word. I wanted to go to church. I wanted to be in, in in front. I wanted to listen. I want. I was feeding man just anything they could give me about the Lord. I was doing online Bible studies. I would go to other Bible studies. I, whatever I could because I was hungry, baby. I was hungry for the Word of God. Because let me tell you, in lives when you are forgiven much, woo, you love some grace. You ever just thought there, just sit there for a minute and think where you might be if it wasn't for Jesus? Man, I'm talking to the believers right now. Where would I be? Man, I think about that. You ever think about where you'd be if God didn't bring you into a relationship with that wonderful husband or wife of yours? I thought about that. I don't know. It probably wouldn't be good. So I feel blessed in that. And I have to remind myself sometimes. And I have to remind my wife that sometimes. Right? Just think, babe. God sent me here. Maybe it was for patience. <laughs> I don't know. But anyway, I know God's in it, right? And so when God brings us together, man, let's honor God by, by showing that, man, Lord, you know what? We want to honor you through all we do. So Andrew went into action. Look, it didn't say that he waited around for folks to get comfortable. Until there was a great need. No, he knew there was a great need for Jesus, everybody. Amen? Let's take a look at this. So Andrew found somebody to tell. He went and tracked his brother down. I think it might have went like this, right? You know, he's, some. he's, he's, I found Jesus. I'm going to tell you, I found Jesus. You got to come on, man. Huh? You got to come on. I found Jesus. You think it might have been something like that? Huh? If we were going down here, and we saw Jesus walking down there, and we go, "He did? The guy's just walking on water, man. What's going on? What's happening?" We see that. I think I got a funny feeling. We went go like, I don't think it went like this. Hey, bro, what's up? Y'all catch anything last night? Um, you know, I was hanging out over there with John. We saw this dude had some long hair and cruising, and uh, he said somebody might be the Messiah or something, Lamb of God. Anyway, do you, you got any bologna sandwiches around here? Or something? You know, we got anything going on? what y'all want to do tonight? Y- y'all going to the camel races? You know, I don't think that was happening. I think he was like, woo, come on. You know, I think he was excited about it. And I'm going to tell you what, I might've been toned down just a little bit from that, but I won't far from it. Oh man, I'm telling you the first day I did street ministry. I was like the first guy I just showed you about my buddy said, hey, man, we're doing some street ministry. Why don't you come on down to East End? We're giving out lunches, praying for people. And I said, from my comfort zone, I'm the guitar guy, man. I don't usually go down and do stuff like that. I just, I just play some guitar. Not that I thought I was better. I just didn't think I had anything to bring to the table. And my buddy just went, "Heh hey, Because hey, hey. he knew I was thinking small. He said, man, I'm just asking you. I said, okay, I'll go. I got down there one day. And the first day I was down there, I got to lead somebody to the Lord. Guess what I did when I got on the phone? I called my other buddy that didn't want to go. I said, man, you ain't going to believe who I saw today. He started naming Jim, George, Fred, Margaret. No, you're getting closer, but that's not who I saw today. He said, who? I said, Jesus, man. He said, what? What? I got to see God unfold his plan right there on the corner. I got to see God use somebody with a small thinking to bring the good news of Christ. See, the call of all, all of us are called to share our faith, amen? Oh, man, let me tell you. Have you ever had the privilege to lead somebody to the Lord? If not, I pray that each person does. Let me tell you, there's no better feeling because, first off, you know it's not you. Second off, you know what God just did, and you got a front row seat to it. Woo! Come on, man, I got to tell somebody about that. I got to visit with a couple, of, a couple of weeks ago. They were going through a tough time, and I asked them the same question. Well, hey, if you died tonight, do you know for sure you'd go to heaven? They go, eh. Man, I'm not living my life on him. Eh, maybe. And I got to share about Jesus, and I got to pray with them, and both of them gave their life in their living room, in their situation, not when it got cleaned up, not when anything else, but they gave their life to Christ, man. Wow. But you know what? You can. well, I'm kind of busy, man. I can't get over there. You know what, I, I believe that you can't run everywhere, but I do believe this when God gives you that nudge, please step into that. Step into that. You will not be sorry. So, Andrew found somebody to tell, didn't he? Told his brother. And he was excited about it, man. Going on and getting with it. How many people, how, let me ask you this, and that's a, make sure that we're getting this right, it's not a buddy thing. How many people talk about the message when they leave? How many people talk about that when they're, when they're eating? How about through their week? Is there something, man, Lord, I pray there's something that we teach each week that spurs our heart to share the good news with somebody else? Man, something in each session that we get together. So look at this. Andrew told who he had found. He he told him, hey, I have found the Messiah. Have you found him? Better yet, has he found you? Because we're the ones running, he's not running. Man. There's a difference in your life. I listen to different preachers. And believe it or not, I go back and listen to what I preach so I can get the same, same effect and go, wow, I hope they understood what I said there. I need to slow down a little bit or something because it's not about me. I want to make sure, Lord, get me out of the way of this thing. Get me out of the way of this thing. As we go through that, man, I want to tell people. I want to share my faith. I want to tell somebody. I want to tell them who we found. Do people ever ask you why? You know, when your kids are growing up, they go, hey, you need to do that. They go, why? Well, what about this why? What about this why? I like when they go, why do you think you're going to heaven? I say, how long you got? Where do you want to start? You know, all have sinned and fall short of glory. God, that's us. That means everybody has sinned. All right, got that part down. Everybody got that part down? Guess what? But the free gift of God is through Jesus Christ's eternal life. How do I get it? Where do I sign up for it? man, open your heart. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Put your faith in, in him being the perfect sacrifice, the lamb of God that poured out his blood. There was a life that had to be laid down and it was Jesus because he was perfect. So when he rose on the third day and sitting beside God, the father on the right hand side, interceding for us, I go, that's my savior. That's the one. He's the one. The only one. Aren't you glad he's the only one? The Bible says in John 14, 6, he says, I'm the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. Man, we got it. Do you got it? Then why do we live like we don't have it? Why do we live like it's a secret? Man, I say this, I use this analogy a lot. Think about this. How many people uh, still have a house payment? Okay. Yeah, I got enough for two people. Right? I'm just teasing. That's usually your biggest investment, isn't it? Pretty much. Right? And if somebody came in there and said, Man, I'm gonna wipe that debt free, I bet you we'd have a line all the way down to the pool today, right? But I'm telling you about somebody that has wiped away your sin and my sin in the sin of the world. Why we gotta bribe people with pizza to get them in. What's going on? It's like it's a secret. Come on, man. I want people to know. Man, it's like pulling bricks off your back. When you realize, people say, man, you're usually in a pretty good mood. I am. Because guess what? I was lost, but now I'm found. How about you? I was lost, man. I mean, lost as a dog, baby. Out there, woohoo! thought I was doing it. I used to think like this. I thought, when I used to go to work, and I've always worked pretty much two jobs, why was I working so hard? Because I guess I wanted stuff. And as soon as I'd buy stuff, I found something else that I wanted to buy. And I'm going to buy some property. I'm going to do this. And I've got to tell you this. I have had 51 cars. 51 cars. Now, let me tell you the truth. Half of them won't worth much. <laughs> and that's my thing. And I'm not saying that's not bragging or anything like that. But I thought early that was going to be, man, I'm going to get that one. And I'd work hard and I'd sell that one. I'd get another one. And, man, i got to get another one. Oh, I'm going to get this. And guess what? They all got to get inspected. They all need brakes. They all needs tires. And a couple of them actually have a decent radio in it, you know. But that was my thing. It's nothing wrong with having stuff. But my stuff was getting ahead of the Savior. I remember Denise's grandma. I, I, sometimes I roll around and just smile. Think about that. She said, well, what are y'all doing Sunday? I said, is my only day off, Granny. She said, you ain't going to cut the grass. I said, if it's going to get cut, it's got to get cut today. But see, I didn't understand can't give up a day for the Lord. He give everything up for you. You can't honor the Lord. But see, I didn't see it that way. Because I thought it was about me. How about you? It was about me, man. It was about me. Y'all wouldn't have liked that guy none. But you know what? I fit in with everybody else. I fit in with everybody else. I don't think we should fit in with everybody else in the world. We should stand out like Christ. Amen. We should stand out. Get off the fence, man. Jump over with Jesus. Keep on going. Look at this. And Andrew brought him to Jesus. When's the last time we invited somebody to church? Think about it. I say this many times, and I'm not trying to fill the church. I'm not trying to fill the seats. I'm trying to fill the heart with Jesus. And you know what? You don't have to bring them to church. You can share them. You can bring Jesus to to them. That's good, okay? But I'm just telling you, if you want a place to bring them, bring them on. Bring them on. Invite somebody. Encourage somebody. Share the video, man. You know, it's funny. This is really funny. This is amazing to me, right? Now, we use the Facebook stuff, and I think that's great, and and, uh, YouTube channels and iTunes and stuff like that. I got people I work with and people I deal with. They will say something that I preached on three months ago, and I never know they even watched the video. And I go, well, if you watch the video, why don't you share the video? right? But I think sometimes they don't want to be shackled to that. They want to be on that fence. So if you share the video, oh, you're one of those people, Jesus people. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. Now, I don't mean you got to be crazy about it, but I was crazy before, so I just transferred all that over to this. You know what I mean? (laughs) That's all it was. It's all right. So I was excited about things before, but how much more can we be excited when I get to tell people about Jesus, that you know what, that he wipes their sin away, that he loves them, and that's part of our call. Not just because you're the pastor or the worship leader, it's because if you know Jesus, you need to be used to tell other people about Jesus. How about that? Is that too much to ask? Is that too much to ask? I don't think so. If you've got a sale on something, you call everybody. How many people go on Black Friday shopping? I'll pray for you now. It's crazy. People will camp out three days to get a widescreen TV that they don't even need. Or what's the, I don't know what the latest toy is. I remember when Thomas was going. it was that Tickle Me Elmo thing. I got to strung that thing up, man. We need one of those. No, we don't. We got to get one. Oh, oh, oh. And the price is going up and everything else. And all the eBay people are going, yeah, yeah, bring it on. I don't care about Elmo. But guess what? You do some crazy things for your kids, won't you? How long you been here? Three days? <laughs> you know you would. You know you would. Oh, remember the PlayStation come out? Me and the guys at work lost our mind. We pulled our money and bought 10 of them. Okay, we're right across the street like this. i don't over there. My buddy's eBaying them and everything else. You're keeping them all this stuff. You got wires all back behind your TV, getting this in. And you got some little thing that you, what was that thing? You do the Wii and you'd have like your, your bowling and all that stuff. How many people you saw that turned around and threw the, 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 the controller right through the middle of the TV? Oh, man, then they had the boxing one. Oh, yeah, the boxing one was good. See, moms and dads don't catch on like the kids do. Come on, Dad, you want to play? I was like, I was up there. I said, okay. I mean, I'm doing the bolo shot. I'm doing this. I'm doing all this stuff, trying to get it to go. Y'all remember the Wii, right? And I'm getting pounded. Justin Thomas over there like this. <laughs> I'm up there sweating. I'm going to give them the haymaker. All that over there. And I'm down again. Man, I'm stretched out. I know what you're going to be talking about at lunch today. But isn't that the same way? We think, man, let me get that Bible. I'm going to get that Bible. And I'm going to swing it around. I'm going to beat somebody down for Jesus. No. All you got to do is just be willing. Maybe it's opening the door. Maybe it's encouraging somebody. Maybe it's hitting like on this. Maybe it's sending that, the video somewhere else. It's crazy, isn't it? But we're getting all that, sweating. Everything else, getting mad at your kids, want to put them in restriction because they didn't, didn't tell you that earlier, right? I'll tell you one other thing where you need to pray for your kids because I'm going to tell you what they did to me. When we played the games that I don't care nothing about anyway, they would put mine on like professional and they would put theirs on like beginner. All you got to do is say the A and pull it over to the Z and put it back over here. I'm like, what, what is this? You know? We make it harder than what it needs to be, is what I'm saying. You know what? We make it harder. Andrew brought him to Jesus. Aren't you glad that somebody brought you to Jesus? I'm so glad that a little church, one-room church house in 1995 came outside the church to tell me about Jesus. I'm so thankful that God had put people in my life that I wasn't listening to all the time. But after I I, I came to the the knowing of Christ, God showed me and revealed to me that maybe it was my 7th grade teacher that was whispering in my ear. Maybe it was the people that lived beside me over there, Leonard and Teresa. Woo! Man! I've had some awesome neighbors. When I was at my wildest, worst times they were still believing that God was going to save me, and the people in the other houses, the other side of the street, they were like, "Do not go over there." <laughs> but but they said, "Hey, you know what? You know what? Why don't you go to church?" You know what my answer was? as much like everybody else's that uh, they come down and if I go there, the church will fall down on me. What a dummy, right? It's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. Come on in there. You know what? If that was the case, if we had a sin detector at the door, nobody would get in with it. But we got a Savior at the door, the door of our hearts, on your lips that says, come on, I'll take you the way you are. Aren't you glad you don't have to clean up for Jesus? How clean would you have to get? You'd have to be spotless. you had to be perfect. So guess what? We couldn't do it. He did it. And we're going to keep pointing to him. Everybody doing good because that's the call. Oh, man, I got some more notes in here. Look out. Woo. The gift of growing, growing as a church family and everything else. Look at this. Then Nathanael declared, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Jesus said, you believe because I told you, I saw you under the fig tree. You will see greater things than that. That's what I want to get. We're going to see greater things, right? He then added, very truly, I tell you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the son of man. There's a lot of history in this thing right here. Son of man. Jesus referred to himself as the son of man more than any other title when he's walked to earth, right? When you go back and you start looking through, I believe it's Genesis. I did a little study and going back through there. But, but they, they talked about you look up and you would see the heavens open and it would be like a ladder. Christ has a ladder. It was the whole thing was about him. Let me me just share through my notes here. I said, Jesus gives a tiny preview of the miracles in store for his disciples. Are you a disciple of Christ? Amen. When, When speaking to Nathaniel, Jesus said he mentioned Israel, who was formerly named Jacob. In Genesis 28, 12, Jacob dreamed about a ladder between earth and heaven with angels on it. Jesus is making a reference to the reason for his ministry to serve as the connection between man and God. See what happens when you start digging in the word and you start cross referencing things and look like that? Now, that makes a lot more sense, doesn't it? Jesus was telling him, hey, look, this is why I came. I'm going to bridge that gap. I'm going to be your ladder to, to heaven. I'm the one. I'm the one. And he continues to go on from there. But look at this we get to experience the blessing of the body of Christ. How many people know it's a blessing with your brothers and sisters in the Lord? Amen. It is. I tell you what, if you, if you don't think so, you go through something without them, and then you go through something with them. You'll find out it's much better going through with your brothers and sisters in Christ. Amen? We've got to keep on continuing to circle the wagons, man, and encourage one another, man. He restores the, the sick, redeems us, and puts, puts us in a family. We get to carry the powerful, life-changing message of Christ. I believe we underestimate the power of Jesus more than any other thing that we have access to. What do we say? Well, there's nothing else we can do but pray. Think about what that means. I've said it. Nothing else we can do but pray. Well, guess what? That might be the first thing we need to do is pray, right? We need to flip the script on that. Man, the first thing I need to do, man, we need to be praying about that. How often when you see something, I've had this happen in my life, something, boom. I was in a meeting. This man just popped in my mind. I was in a meeting probably five, or six years ago. Long meeting, man. Everybody was in there. It was getting hot and everything. And this is what I heard. Womp, 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 womp. Y'all been in one of those meetings? Hopefully it's not here today. <laughs> Somebody say every Sunday. No, no. you womp, 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 womp. And all of a sudden, the guy in front of me started jerking and going into a, a, a convulsions and stuff. And everybody was grabbing their phone. I grabbed the guy by the back of the neck and started praying for him. Boom, boom, Lord Jesus. I don't know what's going on, but Lord, touch this man right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Everybody's like, I think that's great to call 911. I skipped the middle man. I went to Jesus. I'm not saying that, just go, oh, buddy, buddy. But it was a reaction because I'm not a doctor. I didn't know anything else. I just, We need to pray. And the guy was okay. Thank you, Lord. God gets the credit for that, man. But so many times we just go, oh, I don't want to get involved, right? And I realize in the world that we're in right now, you got to be careful about getting involved in stuff. But guess what? You can pray from your car. You can pray from your table, somebody choking. I don't know, whatever. The Lord might show you something different. Being available. Don't get comfortable, man. We carry the powerful life-changing message of Jesus. I don't know anybody that I've ever talked to that don't know somebody that has not been affected by cancer some way, okay? Can you imagine having the antidote for that and not saying a word? You'd say, what type of person are you? Okay, you see where I'm going with this, right? You have the antidote for sin, sickness. Redemption, His name is Jesus. Why would you sit on the sidelines with that? Why? But we do. We do. Well, I don't want to get them all. We want to stay on the fence. We want to be comfortable. but I'm going to tell you what, We're going to, we're going to give account for it. I'd rather be a big mouth for Jesus than get in front of the Lord and go, "Buddy, I put you in front of people to tell me about it. I left you on the job for 32 years so, you could, so this one person could get saved. You know what? We gave Tim the ability to do the app for the phone so people all over the world can do that. You know what? We we gave Miss Marie the, the opportunity the gift of encouragement and, and, and this one over here and, and, and Donnie his 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 gift and, and over here and grandmama everybody I could go name after name after name that God's gifted you for something. It might not look like mine, might not, my gift might not look like yours, but I'm gonna tell you what. It is just as important what God put put in you. Maybe it's the young folks sitting up front. Maybe it's them going to say, hey, you know what? Don't worry about it. I can pray for you. Hey, you know what? We just talked about it at church. Hey, maybe, you know what? Why don't you come with me to church? Hey, you know what? If it's not safe at your house, maybe you could come to my house. I don't know, man. But when we get into hearing of God's word, I pray that it turns around and just starts cultivating our gift with the life-changing message of Christ. Everybody doing good so far? And this is what I love. We get to see the love of Christ manifest. When we come together for our little eat meetings, when we get ready for church and I go, how's everybody doing? Ding, 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 ding. Hello, everybody. Let's, let's get ready. I'm not mad. I think it's great. Because everybody in here hugging and talking and everything. And I'm going, we're getting ready to start We'll be right with you. And, and we, because you know why? Y'all love each other. I told somebody the other day. Now, I'm going to tell you what. I know that the, our church right here is not perfect starting with this cat right here. But I'm going to tell you what. I'm thankful to be right in the middle of it. I talked to a guy, and I mentioned this several times. He said, it sounds like your you, you people like each other. I said, they love each other. They do. If there's a need, we try, we try to find out about see what we can do. We pray for one another, you know. Hey, there's, like I said, we're, we're going to make somebody mad sometime. We're going to forget something. We're going to say something off the wall or whatever. Man, just love us through it. Look at us through the eyes of Christ, man. And that's what I start seeing. How, look at this. You guys, through here, God has used you. To touch so many lives around the world. And I tell you what, we just get a glimpse of it. Can you imagine getting there and standing before the Lord? And he says, you know what? Because you were faithful, Miss Debbie, 5,000 people came to the Lord. You know what? Think about that. You know what? Because Lynn talked to somebody at work. That guy got saved and his kids got saved. And now 5,000 more people got saved. You know, Nick, because when you ran the race and you come in third, first, or second, or whatever it was, you still gave the glory to God. And he goes, there's something different about that guy. Think about that. Everybody is carrying the powerful life-changing gift of Christ. If you're a believer, you're carrying that. And look at this. We get to be a part of God's master plan. It's amazing. Let's take your life. Let's go back. Let's go back 10 years. Did you think you'd be sitting here 10 years ago? I didn't. Let's go back five years. Think about that. Do you think that you'd be walking through some of the things that you're walking through now? You know? But God continues to prepare us each day and put people in our lives so that we don't have to go through it alone. Think about that. Think about different relationships. Some up, some down. Some, some you, you've been through. Some of them you, you, you're glad that you, you're out of. I don't know. But you know what? We have the gift of growing in Christ. Amen? And so when we look back at this, we see the chain reaction of the gospel. See, somebody told me about Jesus. Guess what? I've had the privilege of telling a lot of people about Jesus. Somebody told you guys about Jesus. You have the privilege and the platform to tell somebody else about Jesus. Man, don't sit on the goal, man. Share that. Pass it around and I believe this, there's going to be a chain reaction of something. It might as well be Jesus. It might as well be the good news. It might, be, might as well be the life-changing message, the gospel in motion. What does it look like? It might look like a lot of different things. It might be, you know what? Somebody works for you, and they're going through a tough time. Instead of you firing them, you sit down and say, hey, look, man, what's going on? How can I pray with you? What's happening? How can I help you? It might be somebody that's going up to the counter and they're struggling and they can't pay for the meal. Maybe it's something like that. Maybe it's your neighbor that lost his spouse and he's sitting over there and everybody forgets about him. Maybe he needs to come over for Thanksgiving. I don't know. Maybe it's you. Maybe you need to look in the mirror and say, Lord, what will you have me do for you? I don't care where you're at in your walk. I don't care what you've done in the past. I don't care about any of those things because you know what? God doesn't care. But I do care about this. Do you know Jesus? And will you grab hold of him today? Let us pray. Father God, I pray, Lord, through the message, through the laughter, through the time today, That, Lord, for each person that listens, that each person that is sitting here, that each person that may see this weeks, months down the line, I pray for people right now. Lord, I'm praying that people will share this message because it's going to touch somebody that needs it at the right time. So we lay it at your feet, Lord, to bless your message. And, Lord, we lay it at your feet today that if there's one here by the sound of my voice, that does not know you as Lord and Savior, that today is the day. Lord, I know that as the holiday seasons come on, sometimes it gets heavy on our hearts. The woulda, the shouldas, the couldas, the can'ts, the wants, the don'ts. I pray that we focus on the, it is finished in Christ. I pray that that starts a chain reaction today of the gospel in motion through our lives that will turn this world upside down, Lord. And shake the world out of us and get our eyes focused back on you. So you say, buddy, that, that made sense to me today. And, and uh, what, what, it, what do you want me to do? It's not what I want you to do. It's what God desires you to have. It's a relationship with his son. I said it earlier in the message. I'll say it again. The Bible says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That means this, that we are sinners in need of a savior and there had to be a perfect sacrifice somebody had to pay that debt and that someone is the only one his name is jesus jesus came and lived a life without sin he was the perfect sacrifice he willingly laid his life down for each one of us he poured out his blood for our sins he died on the cross He was buried in a tomb and rose on the third day. He is sitting on the right-hand side of God, and he offers you the free gift of eternal life by asking him to forgive you, to turn from your sin. Lord, I blow it a lot. I need help in my life. I believe you're the Savior, the Son of God. I come to you today to ask you to forgive me. Lord, set my, my feet on the right path. Lord, help me to grow. Help me to find that one that you want me to, to, to share this message with. Lord, I realize it's, it's the call to all to share our faith. And Lord, I thank you for the gift that we get to see as we grow in fellowship, not only with you and ultimately with you, but through our brothers and sisters in Christ. We are not alone. Lord, you are Savior, you are Lord we praise you. And as we go into this season of thankfulness, let us first give thanks to you. In Jesus' name, amen.